What's up? It's Wednesday, January 25th. You're listening to episode 85 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. I'm Sam. I'm back. How are you? What's up, Brandon? Hey, Sam. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for holding down the fort. I was uh, not here last week, and and special shout out to Harrison for always keeping the seat warm and doing a bang-up job, so... Sounds like you guys had fun. I mean, any time without you is fun, Sam. So, yeah. I appreciate that. How you been? What's new? <laughs> uh, you know, watching football, watching what's going on. This uh, It's just been a crazy, crazy time with some sports right now. And I'm just, it's it's getting closer. Like, now I have more time back to myself because it's less football games. That's number one. Yeah, right. Um, so I have that. So I have more time to do. And I'm telling you right now, I definitely know the the lady enjoys that a whole lot. Uh, that's number one, but also means that basketball is going to ramp up for me. So uh, sorry, babe. Uh, how are you doing? That's, hey, man. Same. Less, uh, I actually got to to watch a lot of football and did a lot of family stuff lately and mm-hmm. feeling good. So we're, you know, I'm just really, ups- I'm really upset. I miss UFC this weekend, but it's all right. How did I end up watching a UFC pay-per-view and you did not? Uh, where was I Saturday? It was Saturday, right? Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Saturday was me working at Marist and then the Eagles game and then me celebrating the Eagles game and then me going home and passing out. So yeah, that's what happened. That's that'll (laughs) do it then. Yeah, man. But big, uh, big past weekend, as you alluded to your Eagles, uh, my Bengals, big, uh, division games. We're going to wrap those up. Look ahead at the conference finals course uh got a little game we're gonna play and uh do some nba talk uh, a trade happened very we'll happy for that, it but yeah mm-hmm. and uh we'll uh we have time we'll we'll play some do you care are you ready yep let's go so i guess we'll just work backwards or you know more intriguing games than not i i guess if that's the case we have to start with the uh the 49ers taking down the cowboys 19 to 12 on Sunday night. I don't even know where to start with this one. I mean, Dak, 206 yards, a touchdown and two picks, you know, again, cannot take care of the football. Uh, And again, Dallas's season ends on the last play of the, I guess every game ends on the last play of the game, but um, just a hell of a way to lose again with that last play. Uh, But I guess we'll get into all of that. Hayes, what do you think of, uh, your pick, you picked the Cowboys to beat the 49ers. So I'm going to give you a second to let us all know what you're feeling. Well, if you heard what I said and why I picked them and what my rationale was behind it, you would know that I said, maybe this is reverse psychology and I want them to lose. Uh, that was 100% a part of it, uh, but that wasn't the full thing. Uh, I you The thing is... <laughs> especially this season, you don't know which Dak you're going to get. And I've come on here plenty of times and said, I respect Dakota Rain, uh, but Dakota, I don't think respects his own game. (laughs) Because, or he just might not respect the Cowboys. And I know the Cowboys fans at this point in time really don't have respect for him. Nor does the Twitter that decided to go out there and blame him, the official Cowboys Twitter, uh, blame him, which 
they have not taken it down, which means it is okay by Jerry, which means it's a big message to me that you're okay to slander your own guy on your Twitter account, not take it down. And you know good and damn well that he sees it, everybody in his family sees it, and the whole team sees it. The whole sports world sees it. So I, I'll go back to the game. Since coming back, the talk was the Cowboys have the best offense, best offense, best offense, best offense. And Dak threw pick after pick after pick after pick after pick. Uh, In total, if I remember correct, he had 17 picks this year. Yeah, tied tied for the most picks, I think, with Davis Mills. And he uh, didn't play five games this year. Davis Mills didn't play a full season either, but Davis Mills is not very good. So a graphic, I think it was it was up there for it was a graphic with Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, and him for the most picks like in a season. And I was just you end up on a graphic like that. That says everything I need to know about your season. But the Cowboys still had a chance to win. Yeah. Their defense. Yeah, their defense played phenomenal. Like I there's nothing that you can say poorly about him outside of Diggs missing that the hit on Kel or excuse me, um, not Kelsey. Um, what's his name? Why oh, can't I think of his name? Uh, tight end. Oh yeah, Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. Uh, play, missed that huge. Missed that yeah. huge hit on him. Had a pick. Missed that. Uh, so that was just that. But that's that's a part of the flow of the game. But the way that these boys were getting at Purdy and making him, you know. Think he, he this is the first game that I really had to see Purdy really, really think. Um, but the offense, as soon as Tony Pollard went down, they made no adjustments. None. I think this was blaring obvious what that Zeke won't be back there next year. Because if Tony Pollard's gone and the argument was who is it, Zeke or Tony, who's the better? Tony Zeke didn't do anything after that outside get absolutely destroyed on the last play of the game as a center, which I have no idea what the hell the Cowboys were thinking about that. You literally got Zeke put on his ass and then you got, I forgot the wide receiver where you throw that and he got absolutely drilled. Um, Oh yeah. Cavante Turpin. Yes. So I, the Cowboys did win a playoff game and they won against the bucks, but this was just terrible. And I just don't know what they have to do. Honestly, if if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm begging, begging, begging them to blow up the team. And I don't mean get rid of Mike McCarthy. Because actually, with Mike McCarthy, they went to the playoffs two years in a row. 12 wins each season, too. Yes. Wins, and, yep. So I don't think it's McCarthy. I would say Kellen Moore's got to go. And I, I uh, Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I was not really impressed with Kellen Moore last year and mm-hmm. shared that. I think we both did. And I mm-hmm. didn't quite understand all of the attention he got from like the Jaguars and uh, other teams uh, for for head coaching gigs. And uh, I truly don't get it now. I could see a couple of years ago when he became OC and, you know, he's he's doing some different things. There is no imagination in this in this no, playbook, none whatsoever. It's, Except for nothing. when you right, you want to line Zeke up as a center and try to you know well, is that the best way to start a whole uh, 
you know, last play of the game where you're just uh, lateraling to everyone. I, you know, I, I could think of better ways, but if anything, no... you put three offensive linemen out there and then you put yeah. wide receivers. As long out as there. seven guys so, are on the line, you yeah. can just do whatever you want. But I, I didn't quite understand it. And uh, yeah, I could, I could agree. I mean, I could go either way with Mike McCarthy. I think the only way you really pull the trigger on that is if Sean Payton wants to come back to Dallas. And I, I don't, I don't Jerry think he goes would... there at all. Yeah. But if you're Jerry Jones, you're picking up the phone and you're calling the Saints. Of course. Of course you should. But I, I think that you also have to think of this with Kellen Moore. He's he's the only leftover piece from the previous regime. Yeah. Mike McCarthy didn't add him to his 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 coaching staff. Jerry said he stays. So I think that's one of the pieces. And I also Dak has two years left in his contract. I think this team is going to start looking elsewhere. Yeah, because if you're if you're smart. You look and see what's going on at a team in your division. You look at the Eagles and see what they just did. You made no moves like that. You went and got T.Y. Hilton, which is a solid wide receiver. You passed on Odell because you didn't know what was going on with his ACL. Nobody did, right? So we understand why that happened. But there's other players that you could have went out and got. You let Amari Cooper walk, which I still think is a stupid move. Yeah. Randy Gregory left in the offseason to go to the Broncos. Right, is you guys? Him. They didn't go and fill any voids. Meanwhile, yeah. on the opposite end, Howie Roseman is out here getting all of these players, and is in your division, and you're just watching this happen. And you make no moves. Cowboys have to think about what they truly have to have. One of the have the biggest self evaluation in the off season. They really legit have to take time and look at it because I. As an Eagles fan, obviously I hate the Cowboys. But if I'm talking real about this, they're not far off from taking the next step. They are definitely missing some offensive pieces, and that's why I alluded to Amari Cooper. You let a guy like that go, just imagine Amari in this offense. That would have changed well, I mean, a lot. We've seen it. We've seen yeah, it. yeah. I mean, Gallup didn't show up. CeeDee Lamb has got a case of the bobbles. Uh, now you're not going to have Tony Pollard, who is a free agent, right? Now he's going to be out pretty much for a bulk yeah, of they can, next season. They can, yeah, broken fibula and a yeah. ankle sprain. Yeah, you know, uh, a bummer. And he's a free agent um, at, at year's end. Uh, I don't know if you just said that or not. But yeah, uh, and I think it's time that they can get out of Zeke's contract without really huge cap ramifications. Whereas they can't do that with Dak yet, but as you mentioned, it's probably time to start really taking a look at what's under center there. And, you know, when the most consistent part of your offense, aside from C.D. Lamb, who, you know, again, has his, his moments, I think he caught over 100 yards, and he's still a dynamic receiver. It's Dalton Schultz, right? Like, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done on this team. And, yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of holes need to be filled. Uh, and when when your division, you have a team like the Eagles, as you just mentioned, who's like the the cream of the crop. The Giants are, you know, had a bad showing on Saturday, but they're they're certainly trending in the right direction. They have it seems like they have the right people in place at the right positions to really make this team better. And, uh, you know, the Redskins are the right are the I'm sorry, I did it again. The commanders are the commanders. And that's, you know, they're going to command up everything so it's like I really can't believe you just did that yeah I whatever really wish you would walk so yeah back. it's it's 
it's <sighs> going to be a, a interesting offseason in Dallas for sure. Um, but I don't really want to spend too much time talking about that when you have a team. I mean, it wasn't really, uh, you know, they could have easily lost this game. Yeah. Uh, Purdy didn't win this game for them, but he nope. definitely didn't lose it. And, uh, you know, he's the first rookie to to beat Dallas in the playoffs since 86. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. They they, they lost good. to a third string quarterback. Yeah. Who might be the first string quarterback next year. And uh, 12 straight wins for San Francisco. That's the longest winning streak since 84. And I thought you'd like this. CMC had a, a touchdown in his eighth straight game. And uh, that's the longest since uh, your boy T.O. in 1998. How old do you feel? Not old. Um, I'm young as I want to be. Uh, the, Cal- the the Niners did not impress me at all. I mean, both both defenses did their thing. Oh, but yeah. Dak shot himself in the foot. Because... The plays that he he did and created and and gave the ball over were easily uh, avoidable, and I think that changes the game if he doesn't throw those picks like that. I mean, for sure, we already know picks change games, right? If Diggs would have had that pick, it could have been a pick six that could have changed the games. So there's a lot of what ifs, and I don't want to sound like a Cowboys fans because y'all are doing enough of that on Twitter, but the Niners did not do too much to impress me, but CMC is probably one of the best pickups any team has made this whole season because that turned their team around. And that is, that is no surprise with uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, They know and, and are always looking for people to upgrade and boast. And the, the amazing job that D'Amico Ryan's is doing with that defense out there they're playing tough but uh if i'm being honest after watching this game with either of these teams and the way they play and i know it's it's a week by week basis game plays uh, changes or game plans change each week uh as an eagles fan i'm really not too concerned yeah uh it it's i it's hard to to feel otherwise i th- i think yeah, as a non-eagles fan just a a guy cheering for the Eagles because my good friend uh, across the screen for me cheers for the Eagles. And I have to hear about the Eagles every week for the last two years. So, um, you, do. you know, there's that, I mean, yeah, let's just, you know, get right into that Eagles game then. I mean, just a, you know, a beat down on <laughs> the giants after the third time they've seen them this year. You know, I mean, week 18, the giants didn't start anybody. Uh, you know, it was, you know, it, it was just they played a game, but you know they still they still beat the Giants three times this year. Jalen Hurts, you know, only 154 yards in the air, but a couple touchdowns or another rushing touchdown, and you know Daniel Jones just uh, not you know doesn't have the magic from the year of the week before, but 135 yards in the air and 24 on on the ground, and he threw a pick as well. So I mean, just uh, did not come together for this Giants team, and from the start the eagles defense was just swallowed this offensive line and offense whole and just did not let them do anything and uh was really just a a beat down beat down dude congrats you feeling good <laughs> like it 
I'm not feeling good about it because I expected it to happen. Hence the hence me missing the first two touchdowns. I chose to go work at Maris because I knew the Eagles were going to be up by the time the game was over. That's how cocky I was about the game. But I didn't tell anybody that because I've been keeping it to myself about every step of the way of how I feel. And this was the out of all the games that they played this year. This was the most confident game that I I, I had all season. Normally, they, they make me nervous. I was not nervous at all, which scared me that I wasn't nervous than going to playoff game. But then I realized that I watched, and when I watch teams speak about their team, that uh, they think they've, had, they've ascended to being Super Saiyan, uh, that they've ascended to be uh, walking, living gods. Uh, I remember... That when teams do that, their fan base does that, rouse certain teams up, and they went out and they beat the Vikings, who I said on this podcast for the whole entire year, Sam as well, that they are frauds. And I also said if, and I said it last week, or excuse me, when they when they before they beat them, I said, I believe the Giants are going to win, and here's why. Because the Vikings always play a second-half game, and that's not going to work in the playoffs. They did that all damn season and guess what it didn't work so now giants fans were gloating we beat the vikings i got to see a video sam made me so happy to watch giants fans gloating in minnesota saying f the eagles ironically somebody locally was in that video that i know very very well and uh i just put it as a little receipt made sure i kept it right in my nice little front pocket waited for it all right, Coach Salah. You see what happened here? Hmm. Three times oh. in one year. I'm not going to get... Okay, there's always going to be... A, I am not goddamn done, Sam. I'm going <laughs> to take my time to gloat. Now, you got Danny Ducks over here, who I will put some respect on his name because he had a way better year than anybody Anyone I'm sure expected. expected. Yeah, right? totally. But the fact that people were calling him Vanilla Vic, I will slap somebody in their face if I hear anybody in person. Saquon called him that. Yeah, and I would smack him too, and I love Saquon. Saquon's out of his goddamn mind, okay? (laughs) Vanilla Vic? Don't ever mention Danny Duck in the same line as Michael freaking Vic. They do not compare. Stop it. Saquon... Saquon, you're you're out of your goddamn mind for that one. I love you, bro. <laughs> but that one was. Ugh. But uh, I will stop now because, you know. OK, can I finish now? Yeah, you, there's always okay. going to be a vocal minority of fans that are obnoxious. And certainly there's no love lost in the Eagles Giants rivalry. But this Giants team and I'm a Jets fan, this Giants team. No one except Dame, our very own Dame, on this damn podcast. Mm-hmm. That's the only damn person I heard all year that gave any kind of love to the Giants. And he's not even a Giants fan. So like, Partial. Well, to do it, this team was playing with house money and was far and away better than anyone thought they were going to be. Yeah. Dan- Dan- Daniel Jones had a very good season. And he's in line to make some money, whether it's in New York or somewhere else. And Saquon was healthy and he had a really good year. As he said, overall. he was going to. And this team did it with still, you know, a huge hole in the offensive line. Still, I mean, the, the Eagles got to 
Jones uh, five times in this game. I think that was the most in the Super Bowl era in the playoffs for him, which mm-hmm. is great. Good for them. And, uh, you know, th- uh, again, who's the number one receiver on, on this team? You know, so it's like, yeah, I good job, Giants. Like, I didn't th- I didn't think they had a chance in this game. I know. I know you didn't. You, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, they had a good season. They're trending in the right direction. They are. They are. I, I, they they they're missing a wide receiver. They're definitely definitely missing a wide receiver. This offseason is going to be a big offseason for them, because if they do decide to bring back Saquon and Daniel Jones, what it seems like they are trying to do, they're going to pay them, which is going to do what to the rest of the team, Sam? Yeah, it's going to it's going to crunch up everything else. I mean, there's exactly. less money to go around. for sure. Exactly. So. If I'm them, if, if you know, I, I take the Tom Brady route and I but gloated about Tom Brady a little bit, which I never really do with Dame uh, recently. And I said, you know, one thing that I don't think people put enough respect on Tom Brady's name for is he never took the max deal throughout his whole entire career, which allowed the team to use that money and put people in places that need to be put in. It freed up space to do certain things. Now, I'm not saying don't go and get your money because you obviously know I'm a huge advocate for Lamar Jackson going to get his damn money. If you can, you deserve that money, get your money. But at the same time, when you do that, you're going to lose players. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He lost Tyreek Hill. That clearly didn't affect him too much because he's Patrick Mahomes, right? But not every team has a Patrick Mahomes, right, Sam? So I, I'm really curious to see what they do this offseason because that will that will tell the, the true future of the Giants for me, and maybe they get some sleepers, but I know with Brian Dable, they they should be pretty well going forward. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting because now there's reports today out of Fox Sports that Saquon's looking for 16 million a year, and that's kind of what Christian McCaffrey gets paid, and he turned down 12 million dollars a year from the Giants at some point during the season, or maybe before the season. I'm not quite sure, but you know he turns down that money, and I mean Daniel Jones is going to get Dak Prescott money, but. He, you can make the case. Why not? Right. So then it kind of turns, it could, to your point, could quickly turn into a cowboy situation where you're, I mean, I don't think you should be paying. And I, I really like Saquon as I know you do, uh, but I would not pay that guy $16 million a year. And, you know, you're going to get really crunched really soon. Once you, you sign both those guys, you'll probably tag one of them and try to, you know, sign the other, but, to your point, too, Daniel Jones is not in the position to take a hometown discount, and this could likely be the only payday he gets as a free agent. You know, so that big let me, contract. Let, let me ask if you. If he gets this. one, you know. Let me ask you this: They're looking to pay him, and you said potentially around Dak money. He's no. Had, I'm just saying. Why? No, no. I'm listen, making. Listen. I'm listen, making the argument. Listen. Why, why not? Listen, I, I'm. I'm asking you a question. You're not even let me finish. You're saying that, but my question to you is he's had one standout season. Sure. Do you think that he deserves a contract relatively close to something like that? No. Okay. That's if that's I, all I want to know. Um look, he finally had the year that a lot of people thought maybe Dave Gettleman thought he could have. I I didn't see anything special he was in school. I didn't see anything special that made him be the sixth pick. Um, I would, if I were the Giants, I would certainly try to bring him back on a shorter term deal. 
and see what you can get out of them, but also keep one foot in the door of free agency or I, I wouldn't say the draft. I mean, you have a, a late first round pick, but look, I'm also the guy that has a roots for a team that's drafted Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson in the last six years. So I get, I get it, but you know, he Daniel Jones showed that he was, you know, a pretty decent quarterback this year. And he definitely reversed the trends of him not protecting the football. And that was the biggest thing against him. He's got great footwork. He can move out of the pocket. He's got an, he's got a nice arm. He, he's got some touch on the ball, but he could never protect the football. And sure. A lot of that comes with offensive line too. And they've certainly invested in, in updating the, the line there, but yeah, I would definitely try to bring him back, but also kind of keep my options open. If there was a situation where you could seriously upgrade, do it. But this team is ahead of schedule as far as the NFL is concerned, right? No one thought that they were going to win X amount of games and be the fifth or sixth seed in the playoffs, whatever they were. So, you know, good, good season for them. And, uh, you know, they're certainly trending up and it, you know, uh, that's great. But yeah, your Eagles look insane. They just it just looks great. It was over before it started. Uh, you know, very quickly as you mentioned, you missed the first couple touchdowns, but it happened quick and uh you talk about just uh, you know, momentum that that you know the the Giants were just kind of out of it after that. And, uh, as I mentioned too that the uh Eagles rushed for 268 yards. That's the second most in playoff history for the team and they had their largest margin of victory in a playoff game in franchise history uh by 31 points. So I mean it was just a just a beatdown but we will we'll get to what we both think of uh the NFC title game in in a couple of minutes but let's let's move along to uh Sunday afternoon the Bengals took care of the Bills at home 27 to 10 Joe Shiesty, as he likes to be called 242 touch uh, yards, two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Josh Allen on the other end, 265 yards and a pick. And similar to this Eagle game, it was it was Cincinnati in control of this football game very quickly. And uh, Joe B joins Rush, Russ Wilson and Big Ben as the only starting quarterbacks to win five games in their first three seasons. Also the fifth in Super Bowl era to win their first three road games. So, I mean... It was just a you know a great performance by the Bengals and Joe Burrow and and the steep Bengal defense too. But it's more. Can we start? Uh, can I bring something up to you? Can we start pointing the finger at Josh Allen? He has been certainly inconsistent at times this season, and he's all he's looked like the best quarterback in football at times, and he's looked average at times. And it was not. It wasn't a great game when. A, you know, I thought I picked the Bengals to win this game. You did as well, but I was really nervous about the momentum of this uh, fan base of this team. Demar Hamlin, we both thought were, was going to make his presence, you know, show up there, and he was. He was in a box, and you know, certainly the place erupted. I really thought that momentum was going the Bills' way, and quickly the air let out of that balloon. Your thoughts on a? Uh, what happened on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I've been waiting for this moment for Josh Allen. And it's not like I dislike the guy. 
but I've had a, I want to bring you into the discussion that I had with uh, a buddy. And uh, I find it real funny that certain players, you'll pick up what I'm putting down. Certain players, when they have a pre-draft evaluation, can never shake their pre-draft evaluation. Okay, Certain players can never do it. But players that uh, resemble a Josh Allen, uh, their draft evaluation gets discarded. I'm going to read you something. Allen's film shows poor decisions and error passes where the ball gets away from him. His subpar completion percentage can be attributed to poor decisions, passes thrown too hard, drops, and plain misses. When Allen misses, he tends to miss big and often throws high on crossing routes. His footwork needs to be refined so that he steps into throws, aligning his body with his shoulders, an issue a lot of arm throwers have. He leaves a clean pocket too often not trusting his offensive line and will extend plays instead of throwing the ball away, which can lead to a loss of yards. Does that describe Josh Allen this year, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. It times. does. It, right. Definitely. Definitely. The first year or two of his career too. This and was he, written by Matt Miller in April on April 26, um, 2018. Yeah. Matt's the man. Sounds spot on. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and that was, a you know, I, I follow the draft a little closer than you, our buddy Dave, who's on this pod, you know, often, and we talk about the draft all the time. And it, he was saying a lot of the same things. And, and look, he had, and Josh Allen had a couple years where he was looking like an MVP. And I still think he is one of the better quarterbacks in this league. I agree. Do not get me wrong. I agree. He is not, you know, he is less of that scouting report than he used to be. But, you know, is he missing Brian Dable? Is there something, you know, like he's kind of regressed at, at certain points. And and it'll probably come out at some point this week how bad he's hurting, right? I mean, he's a big dude. If you're the Bills, if you're Bills fans, if you're the front office, you could not be happy with the amount of hits this dude takes and willingly, right? Like he he needs to learn to, to slide, to there, get there out go. of bounds, to it's, not it's, it's put his shoulder game. down and truck dudes, you know. Let me let me stop you right there. Didn't they say something like that towards Lamar Jackson, and they could not stop talking about it for quite some time? That Lamar takes too many hits, or a Cam Newton takes too many hits, or so many other players that are mobile mobile people take hits. It's what's going to happen. The thing is, can he clean this up? I don't know. This is literally a part of his report in 2018. This is who he is. Now, to your point, he is a phenomenal quarterback. Because I didn't read the positives, but we know what the positives are. Oh, yeah. Sure. We've seen he has a cannon on him. Great footwork. He's, you know, uh, I don't know about great footwork, okay. but his arm is amazing. And I know when he is on a hot streak, it's over. And it's just really, really sad to see that he 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 started to excel when he had a when Diggs came over. Stefan Diggs came over. And who wouldn't? And, and, and you're right. Well, some some. Couldn't take advantage of that. You're right. You're right. Let's be fair. Some some can't take advantage of that. Uh, but you get digs, right? (laughs) And he takes his 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 game to another level. I do agree with you, and I think that is one of the more underrated things is 
the loss of Brian Dable is big. Coaching and systems, which we don't talk about enough, systems are big things that change how players play. You see it any time. A good you saw what happened when Carson Wentz lost Frank Wright. Started going yeah. right. Sure, he's about to be out of the damn league, essentially. And Mike right? Kafka too, who's doing a phenomenal job in New York. And I mean, now Ken Dorsey is is the offensive coordinator. I yep. don't know who the QB coach is, yep. but yeah, it could certainly uh, make a make a difference. And I I I think it did. You know, I it do was as well. it was the weather was was rough too. I'm not giving a break to anyone. They play in Buffalo. This is should be to their advantage. Buffalo still, I mean, their line is above average at best. And and I like a lot of the pieces on that line. I, I wish Mitch Morse was a uh was a jet when the, the Bills signed him. I wanted him to be our center so bad. And uh you know they have no running game other than Josh Allen. And I think to the point of running quarterbacks, right? I mean Lamar's stature, although he is the most dynamic, one of the most dynamic runners in the league, maybe Tyreek Hill, and who's not a quarterback. So for a quarterback, he's one of the most dynamic rushers in, in NFL history. It, obviously, honestly, he's the most, you know, because he, he surpassed what Mike Vick could do. But you would be concerned if Lamar Jackson was taking a hit. There's a difference yeah. between Lamar taking a hit and Cam taking a hit. Yep, There's like absolutely. six inches and, you know, 50 pounds between the two of those guys yep. or, or big Ben or, you know, whoever there comes yep. a point in quarterback play where you stop a, a guy like Josh Allen, a guy like cam stop just, okay, I got to move. I got to go. And you just, you roll out more. You do more of the Patrick Mahomes where it's like, he's not known as a Russian quarterback, but he's very good on the move. And he's very good when he needs to extend a play or to just, Get a first down. Honestly, what did Lamar? What did Lamar do this off season? He went and he pulled some up. weight on. Oh, yeah, he bulked up. Yes, yeah, because yeah. he knows he's going to take hits because he's a mobile quarterback. It's just what comes with the territory. But the thing is, the mo- the mobile quarterbacks that last in the league are the ones that know when to get down. Yep, know when to get out of bounds and know when to stop a play. The ones that don't last long are the ones that end up being out of the league. I.e., Cam. Right after a while, Cam. Only thing I mean, Cam's injured his arm to the point that his throwing motion was no longer the same. Cam had a, a cannon. He wasn't the most accurate, but he could still get the ball down the field. After that injury from rushing, he hurt his shoulder. So guess what? Cam had a Liz Frank, game. Liz Frank uh, um, injury, too, on his foot. Yes. You know? so, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's what comes with the territory. But enough about them. It really sucked to see that they lost with DeMar Hamlin in the actual building, which I was, as soon as I saw him there, Sam, I was just like, there's no way they're losing this game. <laughs> like in my yeah. head, I was like mentally, like it's a storybook thing. My mind went to like the movie. I saw the script oh, already being totally written. I was totally, like, yeah. oh, I was like, totally, it's man. snowing outside. He's That's out there a Disney throwing movie a hard up, years. right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I was 100%. like, there's no way they can lose this game. Yep, there is, because Joe Burrow's on the other side. And Joe Burrow is, Thorough Burrow, as Dane would like to call him, is an absolute monster. When it comes to times, uh, when it comes to clutch times, he doesn't miss. He is so accurate. He throws his guys open. He puts it where the ball needs to be. Uh, he is just 
an absolute confident young man and his his composure is well beyond his years and i absolutely love that about him and his sound bites are so amazing the the post-game sound bite was probably one of the greatest things I ever heard talking about, you know, the tickets purchased for the Atlanta game. And he said, better get your refunds. Uh, I just thought he's, he's just such, such that dude, man. Did you see the, the, the clip, the reel that they had of him throwing the ball and spinning around oh, the spin? Yeah. Man. Oh my God. I could the watch. I've, yeah. I've literally watched that probably like 50 times. Dude. Already. I, I mean, I, I want to take a little credit, at least on this podcast, been riding these Bengals for, a you year have. now, year and a you half, have. and uh, it's this dude's got. I know a lot of people say this about athletes, but ice in his veins, and he is so. I look at him, and I don't see, just at first glance, the the person that he is. You know, it's kind of it's not assuming, right? You're like he's like, all right, this guy's not. You know, you just look at him. You know, this guy's not a tough guy. This, you know, whatever, and he is just Joe Cool. He's cold, and man. Those cold, like a killer, man. And he's beaten Patrick Mahomes three times, <laughs> and it's it's gonna it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great game next week. And this Bengals he, team looks looks really good, and if, they protected him too, which is really important. He only got sacked once. If he beats the Chiefs this week, which I know we're gonna get to those those things those picks later. Does he surpass Mahomes? On what level? As a as a quarterback prospect? I, you, as a, you tell me what level in your own mind. I I'm think, just asking you that question. I think as a prototype quarterback, like if you were to draw up what you want in a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes is there. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, w- it was Aaron Rodgers before that. I think Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are... Patrick Mahomes is a obviously now younger just from a skill standpoint, better Aaron Rodgers. But I I have no problem with, and I know this has been a talking point in the media this week, but I have no problem with putting Joe Burrow number two right now. No problem at all. Okay. That's all. I'm just curious on that. Yeah. Um, and, and January matters. February matters. You know? It matters to me. That's the most, that's the most clutch time. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. What but, you do to get into the tournament, you got to get once you're in the tournament, it's what you do there. I don't care what you do prior to that. Just yeah. get there. Just get there, man. And they get won the there. division and they did it and they've done it all on the road, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick, before we uh, turn our attention to that Chiefs Jaguars game, uh, Stefan Diggs shut down uh, by, of all people, Eli Apple and, come, and that Bengal secondary. Which don't is- you dare say that. Sam, you want me to fight you on this podcast? Today. I heard what you said about Eli Apple. You, I don't. I totally agree with you. I'm just uh, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, four receptions, thirty-five yards, and just a uh, mom and dad were fighting on the sidelines. He did not look uh, too happy at Josh Allen. Reports are he walked right out of the stadium, and of all people, Duke Johnson had to get him to come back into the yeah. clubhouse. Yeah, and then he ended up leaving right after. So mm-hmm. it's like. What do you make of the Stefan Diggs thing? I mean, he obviously blew it off on on Twitter, Twitter. and uh, certainly, I mean, this is a guy who has, you know, when they've lost big playoff games, he stands on the field and watches the celebration, and he's certainly an emotional player. But uh, what do you make of of what happened? You know, kind of off the field in that 
Buffalo sidelines. Before the social media era, if this would have happened, they would have called Stefan Diggs a diva. Sure. Before the social media era, that's exactly what they would have called him. Right. But here we are. And anybody knows that wide receivers want the ball, especially in clutch times. And when you have, and when that is your best player on offense outside of the quarterback, because the best player on that offense is Josh Allen. The second best player would be Diggs. And I wouldn't say if, if it's one, it's one a, or, you know, like it's right there when he is not, I would do everything in my power to game plan to get him the ball. If I have to do a, uh, uh, what you call a halfback screen with him. If I have to do uh, slants, if I have to do a straight go route for him, I'm trying to find multiple ways to get the ball in his hand, especially if there's, if Eli Apple even sniffs the field around Diggs, I'm throwing the ball to Stefan Diggs. I'm not thinking twice about it. Okay. But the fact that he left, I mean, he's pissed. He's, he wanted to win. He's, it's an early exit. Again, after again, after again, like it's just over and over and over and over again. It's just the same, same feeling. Who likes to continuously lose? I don't. I don't like to lose once. So I understand how he feels. I just think it's a bigger thing. Like I, he, he can leave. The season's over. He's done. What is he supposed to sit there and sing Kumbaya and sit there and make s'mores in the locker room? Like, nah, I'll see y'all. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to talk to you guys. Bye. I'm done. I'm out of here. You know yeah. he's going to be back in the in the facility at some point this week because they all come back anyway to clean up everything and make sure they have all their stuff going. Even though I know that he said they be packed up his stuff, I'm sure he'd be back. But, yeah, I don't I don't make too much of it, Sam. Yeah, I don't either. It was, I mean, the weather was tough. Josh Allen obviously didn't have a good game. And I yeah. think there could, you know, to your point about how dynamic Diggs of a athlete and and receiver he is Mm -hmm. they could have schemed him up a little better uh, certainly with you know they don't really have a running game so and and you look at someone like gabe davis too who can just you say take the top off a defense like that's what gabe davis does and there you know there were some allen threw some you know had some bombs and or those attempts and he always does, but I don't think there were any completions that, you know, longer than 20 yards. I I think there was only one or something like that. So um, I may be wrong there, but just being able to utilize the guys on the outside that you have uh, with Gabe Davis and, and Stefan Diggs, it could have been a little better, but certainly, uh, you know, I think the bills are to the first, preseason favorite to win the championship that didn't advance to the title game or conference title game in X amount of years, a while. So I think we pretty much called it earlier in the season that they weren't looking like the championship team that we thought they were going to come in. There's a lot of storylines that we came into the season with thinking certain teams were going to be here at the end. And we thought the bills were going to be in the tournament. Most of us thought he was going to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, but we also saw it firsthand when we were at the Mm -hmm. Meadowlands, like, Mm -hmm. and we looked at each other, some of these throws, he was clearly hurt. But, and again, I would not be surprised if something comes out, how bad he's hurting and he's not going to make excuses for it. And that's just shouldn't because everybody gets hurt. Literally all football players say it's after the first day of spring training, you're hurt. And from that point beyond you're hurt, like everybody's hurt. So nobody's gonna wants to hear that excuse. But what I'm I do not, want to I'm hear, I'm not making it. Not you, not you. Yeah. 
But you know there's going to be some people oh, that are sure. going to make the excuse for it. Um, speaking of hurt, Sam, yeah, uh, there's a quarterback going in into this week. Uh, but last week on on what was Sunday was it Saturday? Saturday, Saturday afternoon, yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt in their win over the Jags, which was the Chiefs winning twenty seven to twenty. Uh, he hurt himself. Chad Henney came in, stepped in like, hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> Again. Cheers to Chad Henney for that there one. There they go, cheers. Uh, and uh, actually goes on a 98-yard TD drive. Uh, what I, The part that I took away the most from that whole entire game, like, yes, the Chiefs won. Kelsey's a problem. We know this. I'm going to get to the Jags in a second. But what I took away from that is seeing how much passion – Patrick Mahomes has and how he felt when Andy and, and the uh, coaching or the, the medical, medical staff, staff were telling him, no, you got to go get x-rayed like now. And he's like, no, 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 I'll do it at halftime. Like, no, you got to go now. And Andy is that guy that commands respect and doesn't want his guy to get hurt because guess what? Mahomes signed a huge ass deal. He's going to be there for a long, long time. So if you mess up yourself bad now, that's going to mess up your future too. So he had to swallow the pill and go get an x-ray and he's taped up. And I know he came back out, but if anybody listening to this podcast has ever sprained your ankle, high, low ankle sprain, regardless, doing anything to your ankle in a game, it hurts like hell. I've done it in basketball plenty of times, which probably led to me rupturing my Achilles. I'm sure it had something to do with it eventually. I'm not a doctor. I'm just assuming. Anyway. I just remember tying my laces so tight so you can continue playing and you still weren't the same person you were when you started it. But as soon as you took that shoe off, how your ankle would blow up, how stiff it would get, mobility is gone. And I know he's getting shot up with some cortisone shots. Oh, yeah. But Lord, just think about that. I'm talking about playing basketball where people aren't trying to tackle me by any means necessary. You got three, four hundred pound men running at you full speed to try to get themselves to a Super Bowl, landing on your ankle, doing all that stuff. And he you could see he couldn't even plant on that. But if anybody in the league, Sam, that doesn't need to plant on their back foot is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like it's yeah. if anybody that this injury doesn't totally like immobilize, it's it's him. It's, it's him. yeah, to your point though, and I Tony Romo even said this on the on the Bills broadcast, the Bills Bengals game the next day. And he's had high ankle sprains, and we can. All, I've sprained my ankle. You have. We've. You can probably relate to it. I mean, I've broken my foot. The first couple hours were fine. I couldn't walk on it, but it didn't near. Not fine, but didn't nearly hurt as much as when the adrenaline and the meds wore off. And he's got to be feeling it now. And you have to be a little worried if you're in Kansas City that not and. You know, I I love that he got fired up, but he has they have to save you have to save athletes from themselves sometimes. Do. And that's what Andy and, and the coaching staff who are, you know, bar none, Andy Reid's one of the best future Hall of Famer, right? So mm-hmm. you you have your future, you also have the present, but you have the face of not only your team, of your city, of the NFL. So you gotta be smart with it, but he's gotta be feeling it today and i know we'll get to it in a second but i i'd be uh, again 50 percent of patrick mahomes is a lot better than 100 percent of most quarterbacks that i will totally admit to that but it's going to be interesting 
turning turning the tables here to the Jags real quick. I think you know they they played they were in this game uh, despite the you know the three and outs the the lost drives the turnovers. Um, they were still in this game. I think if Mahomes was like healthy, they wouldn't be. But uh, just turning it over, I mean, this is uh, just great experience for Tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence. Those receivers, that defense, and certainly Doug Peterson. And to, I mean, even Trevor Lawrence the week before to overcome four turnovers in the first half and, you know, beat the Chargers in a playoff game. It's, you know, that's something to to build off of. And we've been saying it for a number of weeks down. The Jaguars are going to be that team next year that everyone loves. They're going to get a lot of primetime games. They're going to be right up there with the Lions, like teams that are going to be like preseason favorites to, to do something. And I, I think they're, they're certainly trending in the right direction and they got a hell of, you know, I'm not a fan of Trent bulky, their, their GM. And I thought a lot of these, spending moves in the offseason last offseason weren't going to work out but it did it has and you know again get an adult in the room the exact opposite of everything urban meyer is mm-hmm. and i mean you don't screw around with trevor lawrence i think you compared him to andrew luck last week i did i did and i said right, he has right the so. most hype since yeah. andrew luck uh coming out um I'm going to read this real quick about this young man. Played in a simplistic offense that doesn't require much protection knowledge. Can try to wish some throws open and force things in. Maybe scheme influence, skinny frame. Those are the only three negatives that they had on him coming out. And to your point of throwing those picks, it's those wish to force something open. He did that in college. It's still holding true because he has the talent to make any throw. And you're going to make mistakes. Everybody does as a quarterback. You're not going to be perfect. Uh, but what I I truly believe, if he can clean that up, these Jags will not only be in the playoffs next year, again, but they will potentially advance and fight for more contender yeah because with as you also stated my boy dougie p and that game was so hard for me to watch because i have so much love for doug peterson and andy reed it was just like mm, i I don't like former eagles coaches against each other i don't i don't like going and doug peterson comes from the andy reed tree he played for andy reed like there's a lot of history for me with those two guys um so i i just show nothing but respect but what Doug has done from what they from them being the worst team last year to making the playoffs this year and forcing those guys that energy that they have down there shouting do all in the locker rooms after and seeing how much it is they're all together they're fighting and just seeing how Trevor Lawrence spoke in the post game interview saying you know we we had a great run this year like nobody expected us to be here which he's right nobody did well People that are Eagles fans and love Doug P did because we know what he does. And I'm just very, very happy for this team. I think they, yeah. they are going to be absolutely phenomenal next year. And look Don't at put me wrong, please. Yeah. Don't. And look at the teams that they have to play twice. The mm-hmm. Titans, 
Mm-hmm. Who, is Tannehill back? Is, is Derrick Henry? Like, there's a lot that needs to be. I mean, Mike Vrabel is a phenomenal coach, and he's done a lot with little, but that, that team's not trending in the great direction. No, they're not. The Texans and and the Colts. So, I mean, you, you, could, this is... This is a big moment for the Jaguars and it is well deserved and probably one of the biggest moments in their their history right now. And yeah, you have a franchise quarterback who's a just a winner and you have a head coach who is a winner and you have an owner that is willing to spend money and win. And if they can just take advantage of those years like that on a rookie quarterback salary, right? If you can build up that team and you know when you have to extend Lawrence hopefully you've you've made some run into the playoffs like like they already did but again similar to the Giants they're playing with house money no one expected them to be there but now they're here and now you just have to build on that momentum and there's certainly I we've been saying it all year man you just said it I just said it before you they're going to be a problem for years to come and you know I I'm still bitter about it because Adam Gase had to win that game against the Rams. Yeah, and you guys could add your quarterback in the future. Who knows? You might get Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what happens. Um, you know. Anyway, though, uh, real quick, I think we kind of alluded to who we like in, in these games, but uh, the conference title games, NFC and AFC, coming up on Sunday. Uh, just looking back at last week's picks, you went 3-1. and one, I went 4-0. You're right behind me. I'm 8-2. You're 7-3, and three, so. We're right there. Anything is certainly possible, but uh, NFC title game, 3 o'clock on Fox. The 49ers head across the country to the link in the Illadel. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott. We both have the Eagles in this one. Uh, I mean, we kind of alluded to it. I This team's a problem, man, and this defense is really good, and they're very opportunistic. And they'll get in your, you know, five sacks against, against the um, Giants last week, and they're tough. And just the talent on this team, and Jalen Hurts, man, just I, I, I don't think it's. I would not be surprised if it's not close at all. I'm not going to get too high or get too low. I just believe the Eagles are the better team. Uh, I. I'm really proud of you right now. I don't because <laughs> I overshot the. Uh, I'll kick the coverage here. I'm a. I'll I'll take a little of it back. I forgot how good the Niners' defense is, but go ahead. Yeah, I that's that's one of the I respect D'Amico Ryan's, who is a former Eagle, uh, and I respect anything he does because I know how he played and his defense plays like him. Uh, but with that being said, they also have like the twenty second. Uh, pass defense, which is not going to help them against the Eagles. Uh, but if they can get to Jalen, which that offensive line that the Eagles have, uh, that can change the whole game. If they can get Jalen to run, which I mean, he does, but if you can force him off of his spot and get him to make some error throws, which he doesn't do too much anymore, uh, he really takes care of the ball. He took care of the ball for quite some time anyway, throughout his whole entire career. Uh, but there's too many weapons, I believe, on the Eagles. Uh, and I think this is going to be the game that Brock Purdy gets touched a lot. So yep. I think he is going to be seeing the turf a lot. 
Uh, he's going to be in the link, as you mentioned, where it is going to be louder than loud. And so I know Kyle Shanahan has already said that they're going to be working on their silent cadences. Uh, they're they're going to need to be super precise on that because if they mess up for a second or Purdy messes up for a second, I just I'm a firm believer that he's going to show his pick, his draft pick in this yeah. game. I I just am a firm believer, and I I've said that he, it's going to happen to him. Um, it happens to every, yeah every quarterback sure yeah. and every sophomore quarterback. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I, you know, a big, you're reading scouting reports. I assume both were from Matt Miller, but I'll tell you a lot of things that I've heard now about his scouting report and even remember from college. I mean, he had a couple like good years where it's like, oh, this, this kid's pretty good. And then the moments where he tries to do too much. I mean, again, he was at Iowa state You're, It's, you know, it's not the sec. It's not the big, you know, it's not a big school, but trying to do too much and he's probably going to be in a position where that happens, especially if, you know, they're chasing points and they're behind, which you did there. Yeah. I let you like that. Um, So it's like, it could, it could be, it could very well come true. I mean, this defense has kept them in games. He certainly got lucky, but he hasn't lost them games, but yeah, this is no doubt the toughest competition that he will have faced and it's on the biggest stage of his life. So yeah, there's, there's some concern if you're a 49ers fan for sure. And your quarterback I, play. I will. The reason why I'm also humbled about this, Sam is this is not the first time that Brock Purdy and Jalen hurts have met in a game and it was nothing but fireworks. They met in college when he was playing, when Purdy was playing for Iowa state and hurts was playing for Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, they, Hurts threw for three touchdowns uh, and ran for two touchdowns in the first half. Purdy had five touchdowns and one yeah. rushing touchdown. All right. Uh, Oklahoma ended up winning 42 to 41. It was a nail biter. It's a, a phenomenal college game. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, don't think that that game is not in both of their heads. They're going to say it's not. I'm sure it's in their head because you don't forget these things like that, especially in a game like that. And I'm sure they're going to use it as uh, fuel. But just from that and, and learning about what he did there, Purdy can throw the ball. I, I just don't. People just did not count him in, and he's just betting on himself. So I respect him so much for that aspect, and I want to put respect on his his name because this young man has stepped in and has not really missed a beat, period. Yeah. Um, I just think that the Eagles are just a way more talented roster, and that's – I, I don't want to say way more. Actually, I will, because I think offensively, uh, just with Jalen, I think they puts them over the top uh, with that. But they have some some killer weapons over there in the Niners. So it's going to be a very, very good game is what I believe. But I think it can get out of hand either way, honestly. Yeah, it's going to it's it's going to be a fun game to watch again. They had your Eagles had 268 yards on the ground last week. And again, no, the Giants' defense does not compare to the Niners' defense, but if the Niners shut down Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. Then they got to deal with that running game. Uh, you know, there's, there's, and we've been talking about it all year. This team finds a way to win. They win differently every every week. 
So it'll be it'll definitely be interesting um, to watch. But we both have the Eagles here. Uh, turning over to the night game, six thirty Eastern time on CBS Sunday night. Cincinnati Bengals visit Kansas City. They're in Arrowhead. The banged up Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know all signs. He says he's playing. Uh, <laughs> Do you, you doubt know? that? You know he's no, playing. No, I don't doubt that at all. But. Uh, I have the Bengals in this one. You're going the other way. You have the Chiefs. Uh, I'll give you the mic first. Why do you, why are you going with the Chiefs? I know you've been wrestling with this all the last couple of days. One, I'm going with the Chiefs because you're going with the Bengals. Okay. Two, well, okay. two uh, I think Mahomes is tired of hearing uh, the comparison of Joe Burrow uh, basically clawing at his heels. I think he's going to put on a show and he's been balling out this whole entire year. And it's crazy to me that he is in the MVP. He's in the MVP voting. If he's, he's top two, in my opinion for the MVP of this year. If it's not but him, it's Jalen. You're absolutely I, right. I, I, yeah. That's what I feel. But yeah. I genuinely feel that even with him being in that conversation, I didn't hear much about Mahomes this whole year. And I think that is scary. That, he wasn't talked about on all the media that I watched. It was the Cowboys. It was the Eagles. It was the Bills. And I, and the only thing I really heard about was, can the Chiefs do it without Tyreek Hill? And then when he, he continued to ball out each week, and I didn't hear too much about it. I think Mahomes, this is going to be a signature game for him, depending on how that foot holds up. But I, I also, the same token, I'm starting to give, I'm starting to have the Joe Burrow effect as well. Very eerily similar to the Tom Brady effect is I don't like, wagon. I don't like going against Joe Burrow at all. Don't know why I'm doing it this week, <laughs> but I am. I, but I will not be surprised if I come on here uh, next Wednesday and. He won. <laughs> Just won't be surprised. Uh, why'd you choose the Bengals? I mean, outside I, uh, of the fact that you've been riding with them for yeah, I just I I really like this Bengals team. Again, I I Joe Burrow is that dude. Um, but the Mahomes, again, I even just said 50% of Mahomes is better than most, you know, a lot of quarterbacks in this league. But I'm I'm just a little worried about if I was a Chiefs fan. About his health in this game, and and certainly his mobility. Now he, if anyone can stay in the pocket and still impact the game, it's he can definitely do it. Um, but it, you just saw him, you know, just limping around, banged up. Now I think this running game is really good. You know, uh, clearly Isaiah Pacheco is just a, a runner, man. I mean. Not only I think he had the fastest forty in the draft. Um, runner, he's out a of Rutgers. What's up? He's a runner. He's a track star. There you go. Okay. Um, and, and then you have Jarek McKinnon, I mean, and Ceh. You know, whatever. But it just kind of shows too. You know, you draft Ceh in the first round, and you got Pacheco in the seventh round. You know, uh, uh, but just I, I think they have a good running game. The line is certainly really good. Uh, it, and a lot better than recent years. And this defense has <laughs> played well. Um, 
but I, I just think the Bengals are a a better team right now, just with health involved. And I would say if if Patrick Mahomes was just Patrick Mahomes, like I, I'd probably pick the Chiefs. That's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Sam. Yo. I uh, saw an article today on Bleacher Report, and it kind of uh, sparked a little idea, a little combo to have with you. I like ideas. Now, we have some vacancies for head coaches. Okay. I've heard. I've heard. The Cardinals, the Panthers, the Broncos, Texans, and the Colts. This is predicting where the head coach lands. Ooh. Essentially, pin the tail on the head coach. I like it. Right? So, who do you have coaching the Cardinals? Well, I heard they um, requested an interview with Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. I, on... You know what is called Black Monday, the day uh, you know after the season ends and all these coaches get fired. I I was watching SportsCenter and Lewis Riddick was pounding the table for Brian Flores to come in, uh, of all places, Arizona. And you know I know there's certainly a lot. There's a cloud over Brian Flores for a lot of different reasons, right? A tough guy to get along with, not a player's coach. Um. And and certainly, I mean, he sued the league, right? And and the Dolphins. There's a lot going on there. But if you're just looking at just an X's and O's guy, a guy who could come in and kind of build a culture, this team, I don't know why Brian Flores wouldn't be at the top of your list. So if if those rumors are kind of true, and I know they just uh, got a new GM, um, and I don't really know how the organizational structure that... Um, that they have down there, but I, I would say Brian Flores is probably the guy in Arizona if he if he gets that opportunity. What do you think? I would love for him to get any of these jobs. Let's just put it out there that way. Because uh ask Mike McDaniels what he walked into. And you know, when somebody you know how you go to like a fancy hotel or a fe- fancy club and they's got they got valet and you see all these nice cars and hand the keys to the valet you've seen yeah. the movies like when somebody comes over and acts as valet and they just take the keys and they go and they drive the car that's what mike mcdaniels did when he came to the dolphins he just took the keys for something that was already beautiful and just said okay this is mine now because brian flores built that team up that defense up to where it is right and and that team and excelled from there so i i feel wherever he goes he can build that culture and he doesn't have to be uh a coach that the guys like at all, yeah, right? right. Not everybody's going to like, mm. there's going to be certain people in there that are going to like you. If we're winning, everybody's going to like everybody. I, don't, I, I, I mean, winning is the ultimate X it, factor, it, right? It, uh, it, as far it, as culture goes. Listen, Sam, I could, you could talk about my mama and then we go and win the Super Bowl together. I love you. Hey, bud, we, we just did this together. You were right next to me the whole time. You know what? It's okay. Much but love to Mama I'm, Hayes, though. I'm not, I'm not doing smart. that. Very, very smart. Yeah. Um, but I I could see that, but on that report or that little article, they had Frank Reich as okay. an idea. And I could see that because he is a quarterback guru. And him with Kyler, I think that could change it. I think that could elevate that because he has some good offense, uh offensive schemes. And I think that would be a great fit for the Cardinals. Um now. 
for the Panthers, who do you have? Um, I really thought at one point Jim Harbaugh was going to end up in Carolina. Now he's, uh, you know, the the uh, Michigan. I said Miami. The Michigan uh, president basically said he's he's coming back, and that you know his flirting with the NFL is at least done for now. But you know, I I don't know. They've they've interviewed. They've asked to interview like Mike Kafka, right? Um, I'm not entirely sure who else is on that short list from them uh for them so i'd probably have to i don't i don't know i don't know what do you think i think it could be a D'Amico ryan's oh that's great i mean uh, the guy who's uh the interim there now uh steve wilkes yep he's certainly he could, i mean you could see that was going to be my next thing is yeah he's a winner two away from yeah. uh you know winning that division too i mean that team turned around after matt rule was fired. So Steve Wilkes definitely deserves some uh attention there for sure. Yeah. That was that was in my thought. And I honestly think just just with with thinking about it more, I think he's gonna be it. Because he Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I think Steve yeah. Wilkes is gonna be it. Honestly. I do think they're just gonna be like, you know what? Like you're here, you're already in this. You ha- you know the roster you know the roster already. They loved you, right? The guys you can see the guys loved him and played for him. Yeah, definitely. Um definitely. I, I think he's He's that guy. I think he just stays there. So yeah, that's that is gonna be my pick. Yeah. Uh Broncos. I I mean, all all signs are are pointing to Sean Payton. It sounds like uh, you know, we've we've talked about this too. The the family that owns Walmart owns the Broncos now. They did not hire uh Nathaniel Hackett. He was he was already there when they inherited the team. I think you're kind of stuck with Russ right now. We've talked about the cap hit just being yep. insane for the next couple of years. And uh, you kind of have to work with that. And I think Sean Payton, I mean, all the rumors are trending that way, but uh, it sounds like the Broncos are willing to pay what the Saints want for Sean Payton. And I th- I think that'd be a wise move, especially, I mean, in that division. I know uh, it certainly crashed and burned from what we thought the AFC West was going to be, but still, mm-hmm. you got to play the Chiefs twice. You you got to play the Chargers twice. You, even the the Raiders, you got to you know with the offense that they have, you got to play them twice. You got to be able to put up points in this league, and I don't think they were even able to put up consistently like seventeen points, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, they got to get Russ right. They got to, you know, it sounds like they need an adult in the room too. And if it sounds like Sean Payton wants to be the head coach there, so uh, I'm gonna say him. So. My first pick would be Sean Payton because of what all the reports are saying. And yeah. to your point, it does seem like he wants to be there. Um, but if I'm the Broncos, you just paid Russ a boatload of money. Yep. You let certain players leave. Uh, it's under new ownership, which we don't know if they're going to spend the money or not to do certain things. There's going to be certain type of compensation that's going to come for Sean Payton. Are they willing to move off of that and start their, their new regime with, you know, trading for a coach and getting rid of some future picks? I don't know. I, I, I think all that kind of makes may make the, the Broncos organization a little weary. And if I were them, I would go with D'Amico Ryans because they already have a phenomenal defense and he's a crazy defensive minded coach. And they're going to need that against the players like Mahomes, what you just said, uh, just stop that. I, and then I, if I'm him, I'm go out and find 
a beautiful offensive minded uh, offensive coordinator and have him run your offense while you call the defense or you oversee it all. And then I think that helps them so much. And I don't mean just get a, a, a offensive coordinator that just uh, came off of a high school coaching thing or uh, uh, right. you're at your high school and never coached a day in your life. We don't need to get a guy like that. We just saw what happened in Nathaniel Hackett, right? Not saying that he wasn't a great coordinator. Um, but that's who I go with there. Um, Texans. What do you got? I, I think there were rumblings. Like they interviewed like Kafka twice. Um, your former Eagle quarterback, right? Drafted mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I think D'Amico Ryan, Ryan's Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan's. Um, certainly would, would be a, a great fit there. I would be wary of taking a, um, a head coaching job at, in Houston, especially after how David Cully and, um, Lovey were, were treated recently, but, um, you know, there's nowhere to go but up for this organization. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, you know, you can certainly uh, take the gamble, if you will. Um, I think it is interesting that of all the the eight teams that were left, they were all offensive head coaches. Um, certainly to your point, though, you need to stop them. Yeah, uh, that's part of that's part of the game, too. But you got to put up points, too. So, uh, yeah, I I I thought D'Amico Ryans would. Didn't he play for the Texans at one point? I was waiting for you to not say that so I can bring that point uh, up. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, maybe there's, you know, he's got ties there. there. Yeah. So he still knows he still knows the organization very, very well. Uh, and that history would would bring him there. But I genuinely think the person that they say is the front runner at the point this point in time for it is Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator. Uh he's okay. in for it about two two times i think already if they win if they win sunday the eagles win on sunday and the defense shows out jonathan gannon will be the head coach of the texans and i will tell you this please bowl out eagles defense so jonathan gannon can leave because the eagles want vic fangio and i want vic fangio so please 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 ball out so, so jonathan gannon can go so here you are, an Eagles fan. Yes. Enjoying a franchise year, like one of the best years in franchise mm-hmm. history with a very good defense at mm-hmm. minimal a very good defense. And you are rooting for the defensive coordinator to leave so you can yes. get another defensive coordinator, even though the yes. defensive coordinator is doing a hell of a job. Sam, <laughs> during the Super Bowl run and the year after, I wanted Jim Sports gone. Well, I think a lot of people in Philadelphia wanted Jim Schwartz gone. He won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. I wanted him gone, too, and it was a, a great move. Jonathan Gannon, uh, he... Has he been with the team since Jim Schwartz left? Or was no, fired Gannon or came left? over with uh, Sirianni. That was okay. Sirianni's staff. Um, I don't know. He's got a very punchable face. Uh, <laughs> if I'm being honest, first and foremost, he's got a very punchable face. Uh, and I would love to just pow right in the kisser. But um, say that to his face. I would. You know, I would. You know, I ain't afraid of that shit. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would. I, I am thankful for what he's. The, the defense is doing out there and the schemes up, but he dropped some players in coverage that he doesn't need to drop in coverage. Like 
Mr. Riddick, uh, just let him go and just continue to ball out. Uh, but um, yeah, that's who I think it's going to be. Pick uh, of the year, Hassan Riddick, man. Uh, yeah, he should be the defense player of the year, but that's a pickup of the year, but yeah, definitely. I, then I He's said he should be. That's all I heard is defensive player of the year. That's all I heard. Okay. All right. He's Oops. good at football. He is. I have no idea, man. I, I predict what Jim Mersey would do is a fool's errand. Uh, I mean, you could have named, we could have sat here and named a hundred people to coach this team. And I don't think Jeff Saturday would have made the list. Maybe, but nope. probably not. If never, he would have somewhere. never made the list. Well, I, he I mean, never, he was never on my mind to take over the Colts. Well, you figure like if you were to get to, okay, former Colt great that could just come and stop the bleeding yeah, as far as the fan base goes. Yes, no. It was in the middle of the season. Jeff Saturday was on ESPN Get Up. You would have thought out of 100 people that Jeff Saturday was like, huh, I'm just going to come no, out. If you were going to sit there. there and be like, okay, well, we got to stop the bleeding in the fan base. We got to we got to turn this thing around. This guy's probably not going to last through the season. Who should we get? You know, the first person Ursa called was probably Peyton. I mean, that would be smart. So if you go down that list of cult, quote unquote, cult greats that could run this franchise, Reggie Wayne, he's on the coaching staff. Like, I don't know, like Jeff Saturday is probably in that conversation. But yeah, if you name 200 people, it probably wouldn't have been Jeff Saturday from like a, no. If you were taking this seriously, but Jeff, Jim Mercer doesn't seem like he takes a lot of things seriously. No. So that's why I say Jeff Saturday. That's oh, he could probably ask Roger Goodell to coach the team next year. Who the hell knows? I have no idea, man. I, I don't know. Who do you think? What's the article say that you, you read? I have no idea. It said Dan Quinn. Okay. I like Dan Quinn. But Dan Quinn. Um, It could be Dan Quinn. It could also be the... uh. Eagles offensive uh, coordinator because he's also uh, in in the uh, coaching carousel right now. Uh, I honestly don't know. The fact that he just did not choose somebody from the internal staff that was already there was something to me. So I don't know what happens with that whole team. Like, I don't even we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Like, it's just. Yeah, there's a mess. I don't uh, don't know. Um. Uh, who's who was on get up yesterday like we'll just probably pick one of those guys <laughs> rob nikovich uh i'd take dan, Arlowski. dan i think i mean dan orlowski's been very public about wanting to be an oc in this league or a qb coach and he could just, i mean just watching him on you break know, it down yeah weekday mornings or calling a game i would definitely i would definitely uh be interested in him being part of my coaching staff for sure but um yeah who's i don't know what ryan clark just pick some lou reddick i don't know pick somebody from espn i have no idea yeah that's, what a great game what uh, a great way to end a game i have no clue that was that was fun though what did we call that pin the tail on the coach pin yeah. the tail on the okay yeah, hey how about we move it to the nba Let's trade go. happened yesterday the trade yeah. deadline i think is like yes so we're we're getting close there, but uh, you know, there's been rumored for a while that the Lakers need to make a move, and and they made one. They sent uh point guard Kendrick Dunn, second round, and a, I think three second round picks to Washington for uh Rui Hachimura, who was the ninth overall pick uh, a couple years ago in the draft, and uh, Rui's averaging about thirteen points a game, four rebounds, 
it's probably about 24 minutes this season. So it's going to be 25 uh, pretty soon. And he uh, he missed some games this year, but Washington also didn't pick up his option or, you know, his, his player option or whatever for his contract. So, you know, getting rid of him and, and recru- recouping something uh, as it doesn't seem like he's in Washington's long-term plans. But I know you really like this move, so I'll let you go first. Um, you think uh, this move is going to help the Lakers? I know the Lakers wanted to get Kyle Kuzma back, which I thought they were smoking crack for. Uh, so that's number one. Um, <laughs> so when they Kyle Kuzma is actually doing well for the Wizards, and Wizards didn't want to part ways with them. They wanted a, a certain amount in return, and the Lakers were not willing to do that, which yeah. I wouldn't have done it either. And they don't um, have the assets to do it. They, they don't. Do they don't, but Rui is a big body. He's another big body, and you can never go wrong getting an athletic big body with a guy that averages 13 points, four rebounds a game, and 1.2 assists. Um, he's young. Uh, he's he's strong. Uh, this kid is the first Japanese-born player uh, in the NBA. Um I absolutely love his game. I he I think he can do some great things here with this Laker team. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But I think it's it's it also helps LeBron have another big person down there since uh Mr. Glass is wherever <laughs> he is. So yeah, I think this yeah. is a phenomenal move for them. The Wizards are just the Wizards are just a like it's a breeding ground for uh utility players or potential good players it's like you get drafted by them you get the nba experience and then after a couple years teams just poach from the wizards because they suck and they might be losing bradley bill finally uh because he has waived his uh no trade clause from my understanding him and zach levine from the bulls uh so bradley bill might finally be leaving where he's going to go, I have no idea. I'd love to see, though. But And this is why I think last time I said this is why I hate those that bird exception where they like can give the hometown guy like more money. Yeah, because it they just signed the deal and then they waived their no trade and then they're, they're gone. And I mean, to Washington's point, uh, to to their benefit, they're going to recoup something. Or Bradley Beal, as, as opposed to him walking. So I mean, I guess that's something. But yeah, and and um, Hatchamore played well with Russ Westbrook, you know. So maybe there's maybe there's some some hope there. I mean, you look at the other side. You said big body, and I always just think of a uh, Hove, where he, I used to have a thing for those big body benzes. That always comes to my mind when someone says that. Good. Um, in sports but yeah looking on the other side of uh this trade here kendrick nunn 27 averaging about seven points a game and a rebound or two a game an assist a game um i mean he had a couple really good years when when he was with miami and it just yeah. hasn't really nope hasn't turned been able to put yeah. it back together if you will so you know they got something they got some some picks i don't even know where the lakers got those picks but um you know so it's just something uh i I mean, I definitely the the Lakers won this trade, um, and I to your point about the Wizards, the best thing the Wizards have done in a number of years was Kyle Kuzma bobblehead night. Did you see that? Where he was wearing that really giant pink sweater. 
No, but that's hilarious. That's awesome. They so they they gave away a bobblehead wearing like that pink sweater. It was great. <laughs> I I would totally get my hands on one of those. I probably would too. I probably would too. But yeah, uh, so that's that's a big trade. Switching gears to your team though, Kyrie putting up numbers still while while your boy KD is out. So an update today, probably about two weeks away from playing or two weeks away from being evaluated. I didn't. I just saw the headline there, but. Um, you know, 38 points against the Warriors the other day, 46 against the Jazz, 30 against the Suns. Kyrie has put the team on his back and shows that he's still good at playing basketball, for sure, even without KD there. Um, and just shows how dangerous this team could be when you get one of the most prolific scores in NBA history back. And well, it's healthy. it's about time Kyrie's doing this because uh, shout out to my buddy George. Him and I are talking about Kyrie is the best number two ever because he's never been a number one because Kyrie always needs that other guy. He had LeBron, he had KD. He needs a number one guy to feed off of. And this is the first time that I believe in Kyrie's career that I've seen him take up for the team and be the leader on the team seeing how that locker room reacted to him when they beat the Warriors and he came in and everybody was shouting as soon as he, he was the last guy in, they all shouting for him and he pointed back at them like, nah, it's not me. It's y'all going from there is he's, he's, he's got this locker room. They love him. Uh, they support him and that's huge, but this is big for Kyrie because this is a contract year for him. So he should be doing these type of things. He should be doing this all the time uh, because as you and I both know, I've never seen anybody move with the basketball like this in my whole entire life. The last person that I saw that was a wizard with the ball like this was Allen Iverson. And that's saying a lot. Uh, also, Jamal Crawford, too. Uh, but nobody amounts to a Kyrie, period, but what he can do with the basketball. So super happy to see that he's been bowling out like this. And super happy to hear the news that Katie's only two more weeks away with the MCL sprain because that could have been way worse. Um, that was an update that came through uh, today when we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, Kyrie, keep balling, keep hooping. You know, you, you're putting the team on your back for sure. So love it, love it. Uh, Sam, yo, Unk, aka Shannon Sharp, Unk was at the Lakers. Or Grizzly Laker game. And got into it with Dylan Brooks. Don't know what was said on the court. I think there's a video of it. Uh, of what Dylan. I think I was, I was trying to hear what Dylan was saying. But I couldn't make it out. Uh, but Dylan was going back and forth with him. And this started with Dylan going at LeBron. Now if anybody knows. Unk. Again. Shannon Sharp is a huge LeBron James advocate. Loves LeBron. Which is just funny because his partner on his television show has been banging the table against LeBron for his whole career, which is just a joke. He's been riding LeBron's coattail by just criticizing LeBron. That's how he stayed relevant. Uh, Bum. Uh, Anyway, so this started the, the, the whole chirping between the Grizzlies and the Lakers, more so LeBron. Um, and then Shannon got involved in this to the point that Shannon was standing up 
talking to Dylan and then having to be restrained. Then Steven Adams came over, got in his almost got in his face. Let's be clear. Almost got in his face. One of the uh, team staff got in front of him, pushed him away. Let's be honest. If Steven Adams really wanted to get in Shannon Sharp's face, he would have moved that assistant very easily because he's not a small person. Uh, but then he also got into it with John Moran's pops um, to the point that this was he had to be escorted out. After the game, they asked Dylan Brooks what happened. Dylan Brooks proceeded to call Shannon Sharp a regular pedestrian. <laughs> Hall of Fame tight end, one of the greatest tight ends ever, which means he's one of the greatest football players ever is just a regular pedestrian. Listen here. Listen here. I need y'all to listen. Dylan Brooks, you're you're a good player. Not a great player. You're a good player. Dylan Brooks, if anybody is a regular pedestrian, <laughs> it's you. Especially if we're talking Shannon Sharp and you. Hall of Famer. Yes, Hall of Famer, Shannon Sharp. Best at his position of all time. Still super relevant and hasn't played football in years. (laughs) Shannon Sharp, one of the greatest athletes ever. And you just called that man a regular pedestrian. Dylan, you are a bum. You've talked a lot. I love love the, the grit that this young Grizzly team has. You need to have that, especially being in the West. But you gotta know who you're talking to. You bark at Braun. He got to know who you're talking to. You're barking at Shannon Sharp. Young man, if you would have walked over there, Shannon Sharp would have dropped you on your neck. And you might have been out for the rest of the season. Because I think you're forgetting that Shannon Sharp is a football player. (laughs) And he is way stronger than you, young man. And he will lift you up and put you down and tuck you in. Shannon Sharp (laughs) apologized on Monday. Uh... And I'm really, really, really upset that he had to do that. But I understand why they made him do that. I wish Skip would have done that after the whole Damar Hamlin thing. But guess not. But we know who's the bigger man in that situation anyway. Uh, Sam, what do you think of this whole uh, regular pedestrian thing? Well, I think that's absolutely ridiculous, as I just (laughs) stated. But, you know, like you go to bed. You wake up in the morning. You eventually check your phone. Some people, it's the first thing they do. I mean, it's it's certainly up there with one of the first things I do, for better or worse. And then you just read, you know, the updates, ESPN, Bleacher Report, The Athletic, wherever you get your news. And I see that I'm like, wait, what? Uh, what? And then like John Morant's dad, and I'm like reading all this stuff. And I just, I was like, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I thought the whole thing was comical. Um I don't really even know where it kind of started from. Like Shannon was basically saying that Brooks couldn't guard LeBron, right? Which is fair. Even LeBron at 37, 38 years old is not many one of the guard LeBron. Yeah. Not many people can guard that. He's one of the most physically empowering athletes this country, this world has ever seen. And I, I, you know, not many people can do that, as you, as you mentioned, even in his, you know, late in his career. So it's just, it's all a joke. 
I know the Grizzlies really like this whole like no one believes in us like chip on our shoulder thing and it works for them and they've almost they almost won some big games last year and I think the future is very bright for them. Agree. As you know, John Morant's one of my favorite players of all time and the Knicks getting the third pick in the draft <laughs> that year, I was more and I've said this a million times on this pod, I was more bummed about not getting job than Zion. I would have taken Ja Morant first overall. Blame you. And it, you know, I don't look crazy saying that four years later, but or whatever, however long it's been. But yeah, I, I, this works for the Grizzlies. This is like in their culture, like the whole chip thing. Yeah. So like good for them. If this is what they need, it's fine. But it's yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. I I agree. Also, the trade deadline is on the horizon. It is February 9th. So we would definitely follow back on that one. And now we will get to do you care. Sam, what do we have? Oh, you added some things on do you care. Sam was working over here. But well, we, we just we just got some breaking news as we're recording this podcast. So I had to make sure it was updated. That's but fair. yeah, man, do you care? Our soon to be award winning segment. Look at check this out. Ready? Tom Brady was on his podcast. Don't remember what it's called. Don't really care. Uh, and Jim Gray, you know, his his buddy in the media, Jim Gray, asked him about retirement. And let's go podcast, by the way. Let's go. Po- OK, that makes um, sense. Normally Young's yells when he comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and asked him if, if he was going to retire or when he was up at the podium on, you know, whenever they lost that game a couple weeks ago, if, if he should announce his retirement. And he had a lot of things to say. Oh, he didn't have a lot of things to say. He had one very direct thing to say. And uh, if you don't like cussing, uh, now is the time to fast forward a little bit. Uh, He literally said verbatim, Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I had already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Then Jim went on to say, which is, doesn't show me in this, but I heard the clip. Jim went on to say, well, that sounds like that kind of irritated you. And Tom said, you're, you're scratching. He's like, you're, you're, I feel like you're scratching. So basically saying that he feels like he's trying to dig for something. But everybody wants to know, Tom, what you're doing. Just like everybody wants to know what Aaron Rodgers is doing. So I do care to know why he reacted this way. Like he, I, you, I know the whole world is wants to know Tom. I mean, you, you are the person that retired and then unretired and played a whole season. So you definitely know that everybody wants to know. And people are going to ask you no matter where you are. If you're in front of a mic, you're a media, people are going to ask you this question. It's easier to find out what Aaron Rodgers is doing is because he always shows up on the Pat McAfee show and he pretty much tells you what's going on. So I do care uh, because I it was a surprise to hear Tom Brady at, react like this on media. Like you've never heard him on his own podcast. And that's exactly where his he own him. co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was very, very interesting. Look, Tom Brady gets a pass for a lot of the childish behavior that he has because he's tom brady Mm -hmm. and we've documented it and i'm not even gonna i don't need to go into it right but like as you mentioned and as i said before we started recording dude 
everyone the only thing people want to know from you right now tom is what you're going to do yeah that's, yeah that's it it is a completely reasonable question for jim gray to ask mm-hmm. I agree. anyone whether you're a journalism student or you're as accomplished in this world in media as jim gray is you're gonna ask that question yep and to act like that like just kind of like the dude's unhinged i don't want to talk you know we've talked about it i don't want to talk about like his personal life and stuff but that he's not acting the way that he has acted for so long and certainly people change and there's a lot going on off the field there's a lot going on on the field for him and he's certainly not the player he used to be, even though he is probably, you know, he keeps his body, you know, in check. And he's, you know, for a 45-year-old or ever old, is he's in really good shape. But Father Time's undefeated. And he's probably grappling with that even more than last year. I'm sure. You know? And, you know. Yeah, he retired, unretired. He can't quite play the way he used to. He didn't have success the way he used to this year. And he's probably frustrated. But dude, dude, you got you it's your own podcast. They're gonna ask you that question. I well, he has the right to say it and do that. Sure. I wish I wish Dak Prescott would do that when and stop asking and being this angel, the saint of a person when they ask him all these questions and say all the right things. Like I wish sometimes Dak would just be like okay, I suck. Are we done now? Can we shut the hell up about it? Like, I wish Dak would just do that once. And just so we can talk about that, like, oh, Dak got testy. Like, I like I like that. Like, I want to hear some fight sometimes in people. And because it, I can only imagine, Sam, like, we're we're regular degulars compared. Like, we're all regular people, but these people just so happen to be excelling certain things and are very famous. We don't have a camera or microphone shoved in our face in our lives every single day, right? I'm sure I know. I can speak for myself. can't speak for you. I know if I everywhere I went, a microphone was in my face every single day. I'd probably at some point be like, all right, <laughs> can y'all chill the hell out? Like, let me let me do me and then I'll tell you about it, right? So he has the right to do this. So he earned the right to do that, uh, but it's right. just... I don't if think was, Jim Gray should have been the one that caught the stray. <laughs> like, right. I just don't think that. But even if, and he was probably asked this, and he was very, it sounded like a swan song when he was up at that podium after mm-hmm. the Cowboy game that he, you know, they lost the wild card game. Like, it sounded like that was the end. And, you know, whether it was probably asked at that time, I didn't watch, I only saw the, some clips from that news conference, but mm-hmm. this is his podcast, dude. This is his podcast. If you were to go, if you were, if we were more public figures, right? Like, and you went and you, and something like the Shannon Sharp incident happened to you or me, mm-hmm. wouldn't we address it the next week? You can make a case like it's our podcast. We're, we're not going to talk about it because we, can oh, I mean, it. we could talk about it, but I'm going to say what I feel like saying. Like, especially it's, I say what but I feel like saying. Some here. Boston Globe reporter, like beat reporter, like reaching out for a comment. This is his podcast. It's just kind of like, dude, keep going back to it's his podcast. Yeah. It's his platform to say whatever the hell he feels like saying and be free to say but what he, he sounded wants to say. like it. Like he caught a stray, like out of nowhere. Like, where's this coming from? It's like when because athletes I don't think- are like, wait, what, wait, what do you mean? How do, why do I have to answer this? Well, the only thing anyone's talking. This. Think about this. You and I do pre-production. 
I do pre-production for this one, do pre-production for the other podcast. You talk about the things that you're going to talk about. I'm pretty sure the way he reacted to that, Jim didn't talk to him about it. He asked yeah, that question. probably came out of nowhere. And, it and probably, he didn't want to talk about it. Exa- exactly my point. And Tom didn't caught off guard on his own podcast and didn't know that question was coming. And he was like, not fucking here too. Well, you <laughs> talk about elephant in the room. That is the elephant in the room. Of course. Of course but he's human too. Uh, and he's, oh. he's going to get fed up, you know? It's it happens. It happens. But we've spent way too much on Tom Brady and his. All right. All right. All right. Here's something I could care even less about. Bill (laughs) O'Brien's coming back to New England. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, He was at Bama the last couple of years. You can remember that he was. uh, He made some really bad trades in Houston and was fired (laughs) as a Texans coach. Uh, Do you care? No. Yeah, Uh, me neither. Uh, Greg Roman. <laughs> also, I don't even want to talk about it. Greg Roman's not coming back as a Boston OC. I think that's a mistake. Baltimore OC. Yes. Baltimore OC. I think it's a mistake, but I can understand it. I don't. Uh, it. I would not be surprised if Lamar is not on this team. I don't think it's a mistake because they've been interviewing uh, passing offensive coordinators, which means that they want to focus on the pass game, which means they want to focus on Lamar and getting the ball down the field more uh, and let Lamar do what he has to do, which means that they probably will be looking at more wide receivers to bring in. So I like that, but the the issue is here. There's only one issue that remains here. Are you going to pay Lamar or not? That's it. You can keep telling the media that and, and putting out these little pieces and be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, you know, we want to really do this and we want to really sign Lamar. Lamar is our guy. You can do all that. Have, have, uh, uh, John Harbaugh get in front of us and, and, you know, do all this stuff and rah, rah, we want Lamar. And uh, yeah, that's cool. But this is a business at the end of the day. And I feel like they just don't want to pay this man what he wants, which is guarantee money, the Deshaun Watson money, which he, in my opinion, he absolutely deserves. So, I see I see what's happening. I just I do like Greg Roman though. That's fair. Good points. Still don't care, but <laughs> care more about him than Bill O'Brien. That's fair. I That's guess fair. any anything is better than what New England had in their offensive um I mean it's it's just, room, so. I think it's just a move just to help Daniel, uh not Daniel. Um uh what's his name? What the hell is homeboy's name? I can't remember. He's, he's so Mac Jones. Thank you, McCordell uh, Jones. I, I knew there was a Jones, but uh, Mr. I, I Jones and me to help him because he was on the same staff as him with Bama, like you said. And I think that's the only reason, and also well, one of the only reasons, and also that he has worked with Bill before. So it's familiarity with with two things, and I think that's really it. So whatever. Sure. Great. Awesome. Uh. Well, some international games are coming back, of course, to the NFL. Uh, the NFL announced that the home teams for three London games will be the Bills, Titans, and Jags. And in Germany, they you know they played one game last year in Germany, and now they're playing two with the Chiefs and the Patriots, both um, going to be featured in those games. Do you care? Yes, uh, because it is a it's major teams. When you sent this to me during the the week, well, some major teams in here. You have the Bills, you know, a heavyweight. You have the Chiefs, a heavyweight. Uh, Patriots, not so much. 
anymore. Jags will be they were just they were just overseas this year, right? Well, or, the Jags like play a game they, over there every, year. Like every year, right? Yeah, so the Jags are like stationary there. Um, and then having the Titans over there too, uh, which is is cool. I want to see. I wish they would take. I know why they don't do it because they want to make sure they make the money here. But I would take one of the top teams. I would take the top four teams every year that are in the final that are in the final four every year, and I would put them over there in an international game every year because people remember that, right? And then I would start maybe like week three the international games just to kind of like keep that buzz of the rematch of this matchup out in London or in Germany to get up, build the buzz there. I know they want to keep it here in the States for those big games, but if you're trying to grow that you need to put a game like that out there because the games out there have been, it's people early wake up calls. Like people forget like how many times during those games have you forgot that it was like an early morning game, right? If it's a big major game, like let's just say the chiefs Bengals play next season in London and then the Eagles Niners play in Germany and it's a rematch of the divisional. You're, you're not going to wake up in the morning and watch that to see the rematch, right? That's that would be big numbers for your your TV broadcast, right? And it bigger numbers there. And it is going to also bring more people out, I believe, in that point. So I do care. I think that would be really, really, really cool. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think, I, as I mentioned to you, it's about time some bigger teams get over there. But I think like the NFL goes about scheduling like where the NFL people will watch. Yeah, always. Yep. Always. So, I mean, you see Monday night football schedule is not nearly as good as Sunday night because ESPN pays less and it's cable. And now with the prime deal, Amazon prime on Thursday nights, not everyone has prime and, or before that NFL network and you know, the matchups aren't always great. They they're usually division matchups, but you look at the the schedule before the season starts, like before the surprise teams and the surprise busts, and nothing ever jumps out. There's an opportunity at least for better games to happen. These island games, right? Where it's like they're the only game on TV. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's NFL network or I know ESPN Plus had a game like they're they're doing a lot of different things here, but it would only benefit the NFL to just have better island games. And I feel like they usually stray away from it because they can get away with it. And, you know, they make more money year after year, hand over fist. So I don't think it really matters. But, you know, Goodell planted his flag down during the season about international games. And now you're I mean, now there's two games in Germany. Last two years ago, there weren't any games in Germany. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not going away. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. I just, I just think it's, it's about time that there's a little bit better matchups there, but all right, we'll end with this man, the hall of fame, baseball hall of fame, uh, class of 2023 was just announced and there's only one guy on it. It's a uh, former Philly Cardinal and, uh, Blue Jay and Reds great. Scott Rowland. Uh 17 big league seasons. He was he was voted in. He got 76.3% of the vote this year. You have to get over 75. Last year he got 63%. Um, you know, career 281, 1200, 1300 RBIs, 316 home runs. Uh 
certainly a dominant defensive third baseman. Um, and if you look at that ballot, probably the only guy that I would have considered in the Hall of Fame if you don't talk about Carlos Beltran or A-Rod for obvious reasons. Um, this and, and Fred McGriff was was elected last month with the contemporary... It used to be called the... uh I forgot what it used to be called, but now it's like the contemporary baseball era. It used to you know be called like the Veterans Committee mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland will be in the Hall of Fame come June or July, whenever they do that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, anybody that puts in work like this throughout their career deserves to be uh, acknowledged and, and put into uh, and elevated to this next level. So shout out to Scott Rowland for that. Uh, my question to you is, so now being that he's the only one, they still go to Cooperstown for just this one person now? Oh, yeah, they're going to. They'll do the whole thing just for just for him. Well, there's also I like know the veterans stuff like that, right? Put, they put like other guys in the Hall of Fame too. There's usually a media award. The uh, yeah, there's a media award. There's uh, you know, executives, coaches. They do the whole thing. Okay, um, they're certainly going to do it. Uh, and there's been years where no one gets in, where they they still do it with you know some of these not as you know big names, if you will. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I mean, Scott Rowland is not the draw that some of these guys are, but no. I think if if you looked at that ballot, probably the only person I would have voted for was Scott Rowland. Um, I think Beltran will eventually get in, and I've certainly turned around on the whole steroid guys. I used to, like, die on that hill, um, you know, especially when I was in, like, high school and college when all of this was really, like, the steroid era was unraveling, mm-hmm. but you know, I think a rod as far as just like, it's not only that he got caught once he got caught several times and he lied about it. So blatantly for so long, I think you probably see a case where a rod is, even though he's kind of done a lot to, to change his image, certainly with the TV stuff, but I, I don't think a rod gets in anytime soon. So, I mean, looking ahead at, um, Next year's ballot, the only guy that really jumps out at me here is that will eventually get in the Hall of Fame. Maybe not for his ballot is Adrian Beltre. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, dominant, dynamic third baseman for all the, the years that, that he played in the league. But other guys on that ballot, Jose Batista, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holliday, Jim Johnson, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, he probably will get in at some point too. Uh, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, Chase Utley, David Wright. So you know, there's probably, you know, it's a little lean for the next couple of years, but, um, you know, the guy made it to Cooperstown. So kudos, Scott Roll. And kudos to you, Brandon. Thanks for uh, being here for me every Tuesday night. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> so that's so it. <laughs> Episode 85 of the Chasing Points podcast is in the books. Thank you so much for listening wherever, however you listen. Uh, Thank you so much for Brandon. My name is Sam. Uh, Until next time, peace. So it is uh, playoff time, and uh, playoffs, and uh, your your spread means something. Okay. If you are inviting me over to your house, and there is no type of wings or potential alcohol beverage, even if I'm not drinking, I hope you have some or, or not. And some fire dip. Do not invite me over your house.
I will flip your house upside down and order food for myself if I have to sit there for my game if I drove a distance. And I will sit in a corner and eat my food while you look at me eat this delicious food that you did not provide me with. No, this did not happen to me. Don't think that. But I need to have some good wings. Some some gold 2K wings. 24K wings, excuse me. You know, some some nice seasoned fries. Could be waffle fries. Could be disco fries or poutine, you know. Give me some empanadas to go there. Some lovely pizza, pepperoni, you know, or meatball. Or even a nice cheese slice. But if you have a cheese slice, you know you got to have the crushed red peppers. All right? Always. We get to the wings. I need all flats. I can do without all flats, but I need all flats. Okay? You're picky, man. I am. I am. I need to know what I need to know, right? When we go to a friend's house and there's nothing there and we say we're going to order food, I have a choice then. But if the spread is not there, Sam, I'm out. Dude, you should have came to the Fava Bowl all those years when I was growing up. My mom. I wasn't invited. Crazy. Yeah, well, I'm sure you were there at some point. Not invited. Not You've never been to a Fava Bowl? No. Ask the people about it. No, I don't want to ask the people about it. I wanted to be I there. I should do one. Myself. I should have one. All right. See, Sam this. He just made me upset now. So goodbye, everybody. See you on next God, I wanted this to end. Whatever. Bye.